Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara berg hi Susie. What's up this week? Well, it's finally hot in the Pacific Northwest. We are at 90 degrees yesterday and today. Tomorrow, though, 68. So it's very brief. (laughs) It's a brief heat wave. But I was miserable yesterday. Welcome to episode 384 of the Groom Pod, recorded on August 27th, 2023, in Snohomish, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, you guys, and Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Cheers, Groomore, and Stazco. And if you'd like to also support us, you can join us at the website, thegroompod.com, where you can use the donation button for a one-time donation or the Patreon subscription. And both of those uh, buttons are on the website. So this week on The Groom Pod, we're talking about the Diary of a Mat. What's new this week is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Barbara, I don't know how you do it. It's so stinking hot in my trailer. I got the windows open. I got the doors open. I'm using only one motor on my K92, and I'm still melting. Melting like the Wicked Witch. I'm melting. Well... One thing you can do is get a cooling scarf. Oh, there's an idea. And wrap it around your your neck, and it will definitely bring your body temperature down a couple of degrees. I mean, it will, well, you know, and then with some movement of air, it it does feel cooler. I, you know, and I, um, I mean, when I get to that suffocation stage, that's what I grab is a cooling scarf. I have a nice lightweight one. It's colorful. Just wrap it around there. And, uh, you know, the other thing that we can do, and you probably can't do this because water is such a resource for you, but for people that don't have a limited supply of water, you can run cold water on the inside of your elbows here, even on your wrist area. That will help cool your body temperature down. I do wash my head. I stick my head yeah. under there and I get it with the coldest water I have. But in the when it's that hot, my tank is only 50 gallons. So my water is self-heated out there. You're really limited. I, I groomed mobile with 50 gallons of water. It was barely enough. Well, I have that nifty little fan you sent me that they sell on Amazon. That is really a great fan. I'm so grateful to have it. 
it is really the only thing that's kept me alive yesterday and today. And then on top of it, I had a bad cheese sandwich. I don't know how you can have a bad cheese sandwich, but halfway through my grooming last night, I was like, oh, uh uh-oh, my stomach. (laughs) This is terrible. And I sat there overheated with a stomach that was extremely unhappy. (laughs) Everything seemed to have cleared up a few, uh, probably an hour and a half later, but I thought, I thought I was going to have to poop in my garbage can. (laughs) Oh, you poor thing. Yep. I didn't, but it was bad. That's bad. I've managed to make it this long without having to do that. I was hoping to make it my whole career, so we'll see. (laughs) Anyway, too much information. How was your week? Climate-wise, we're in a little better situation, although it's monsoonal, so that means our, our... uh, our humidity is raised, so even though our temperature is lowered, we're still suffering because it feels like the old temperature. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, we try to get done by 3 o'clock and just avoid that. The late afternoon temperature is just brutal. And, um, you know, it's just, and in driving your car, getting in your car, I have a cloth cover for my steering wheel, and yet my steering wheel still is too hot to handle. This is the roughest part of the summer. In the beginning, we're summer warriors. Uh, it's 100 degrees, and I'm handling it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> And then by the time we get close to September, it's like, oh, fuck. No, no more. <laughs> no more. Uncle, uncle. <laughs> I can't. In that late summer afternoon, I can't go to the store. It takes too long for my car to cool down. And then I get to the store and we start all over again. You know, I like cannot that. imagine because it goes on forever. Yeah, you just don't want to do anything when it's like this. But it'll be over. It'll be over and we'll have a wonderful winter. And, you <laughs> know, I want to thank again everybody that's donated on my behalf. I desperately need it. And I am everlastingly grateful. Speaking of, we have two new donations. One of them is actually an old donation that somehow I got so excited and forgot to mention her name. And that is Heather Caldwell-White, who's one of my horsey uh, compatriots out there, groomer, horsey person. And she sent a donation as well as Tiffany Hallen sent a donation. So thanks, you guys. Ladies, thank you very much. You can't imagine the depths of my gratitude. So deep. (laughs) Deep and wide. I still try to have fun, even though I'm miserable. (laughs) My heart is just like, I, I am not out of the woods yet. Let me just say this. Not good yet. And I have appointments this week and we'll do more testing, but there's more there's more to my heart than what they've dealt with. Cause I still am just like booked up. Ugh. Okay. So, but never mind. <laughs> Let's not go there. It's too hard. Um, I had an interesting conversation with a client this week. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have a doodle client. 
that um, I've been grooming her dog for years. I'm going to say maybe eight or nine years. I've been the only one that groomed the dog. And um, we were, she took me, she took me out to dinner and we had a glass of wine and that's, uh, that's always a conversation lubricant. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have a conversation lubricant, please. Yes, please. (laughs) And she told me, we talked about, don't poodle my doodle. Oh. Groomers are terrible about doodles. We scoff at the dogs. We scoff at the people that own them. We think they're frivolous and and stupid and that they want their dog to look like something other than a poodle. We don't stop to think, what does the owner see that looks too poodly? Yeah, what is it? What do you think it is? I think it's largely the blow drying. The straight hair? Straightening, the blowing it out and getting it totally straight. And then like scissor finishing it or using a clipper comb to so that everything is really well outlined. I mean, it's a lot of what we as groomers take pride in. Exactly. And then we have a tendency to make the head a little cap. Hmm. Like a poodle. Poodley. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, and then we tend to shape the whiskers into some sort of a sort of funnel shape. And it's not poodly, but it's not doodly either. Sometimes we're forced into it, though, because of the matting up here and stuff. Well, that's another thing. That's another thing. But I'm just saying what we see as a good doodle groom versus what they see as what doodles should look like and then we scoff at them because they have an idea that it should look some way we don't give this breed a nickel and i called it a breed we don't give this kind of dog any validity you know and and if they have something in mind that's shaggy and longer we just say that's not practical here you go um and they live in dread of what we're going to come up with. Well, not all of them. They either accept what we do or, you know, but but look at here. I mean, she said she really had trepidation sending the dog to a groomer because she was afraid that they would just make her look like a poodle or poodle-ish. You know, and that had to do with all blown out legs that were fatter, that were a little bit longer than the body. Right. That's another thing. The fuller legs. Yeah. The fuller legs. And, um, that, and it's, and I, sometimes I make a distinction between formal and informal grooming. 
Oh, I've been so doing I, some informal grooming recently. <laughs> I know what you mean I, by that. I do a lot of informal grooming, and sometimes you do it because you can't do a better, a, a, you know, more precise grooming on some dogs that are difficult or old or puppies or whatever. But we have a tendency to strive for perfection. That's our professional impulse is to scissor better, to sculpt better, to shape better, to prep the coat better. To make that stuffed animal. To make that stuffed animal. But if you look in the magazines, you'll notice that they're using doodles a lot in advertising. A lot. Yes, America's dog. America's dog. It's the new thing. And and the pictures of the doodles in the advertisements are often more informal grooming. Right. More shaggy dogish. That's what many doodle owners want, a shaggy dog. And you can be short and shaggy. Shaggy to me means not totally straightened. Not totally scissored to perfection, trimmed nicely, but not necessarily perfectly. I'm perfect for that. <laughs> it's too bad they take me too long to dry. Yeah, well, I'm I'm giving it to you. It's I think it's the better way to groom a doodle. And I and I actually pin dry my doodles and let them be curly or wavy are more natural i don't really have a way to do that other than sending the dog in damp sometimes what i do because i also do lagoto romanolas and they're a rustic breed there's not a huge difference between doodles and rustic breeds except that maybe the rustic coat is more tight and tightly curled, and the doodle coat is looser. But I often pre-trim the Lagotos so that I can dry them faster with less air and not actually blow it out. And of course, there again, I'm going to use my pen to dry, and you just don't have that. Yeah. I don't know what to say to you about that. Well, we've already solved that problem because I don't do but two of them now. And they're small and they actually want their doodles straightened out. So I'm good. Yeah, it's just something to think about. I think that what I'm saying is let's not uh, discredit and invalidate all of our doodle owners that want an informal look on their dog that wants something that looks like in the magazine. Let's not invalidate and scoff at them for wanting a less formal, less curvy. They don't want a curvy poodle hat. They want it to blend into the ears, you know, and you can do that. Use chunkers instead of scissors. Use chunkers because chunkers will blend that in pretty well, you know, and uh, and here I am scissoring my own hat. 
Yeah, I was trying to get Barbara to do a live show, hey, almost a live show last week because that episode went up primarily unedited. But this week, um, I thought maybe because she has such beautiful hair that I might convince her to do a live show, but I didn't. So here we are recorded as usual. (laughs) Edited in the back. Yeah, it's really neat. It's kind of funny to be 83 years old and, and love my hair. I have spent so much of my childhood wanting someone else's hair. (laughs) You know what I I mean? In high school, especially, you wanted that popular girl's hair. Now you're a hickey hair, you know, and I I just wanted something else. (laughs) And now I've got something else, but it's unique and it's mine. And it's a look that compliments me. And I just like couldn't be happier with my dang hair. I agree. I need to put on some uh, a little bit of facial makeup and do a selfies of the new hair because what I did for FYI, I put purple in the bottom of my hair and then pink on top of that and blended it in and it's kind of the ombre look. And it it's works. It looks good. I love it. So Thank since you. I had basically an uneventful week, well, I had a dog that was pretty matted, but we'll talk about that in our at the table segment. But before we go there, we had a new groomer who's just about to start training who asked us a question, and I thought maybe we could tackle that so everybody gets a little benefit out of it. And her name is Kelly. And uh, she asked for our favorite maintenance tools for double coats. She says, I threw out my cheap slicker brushes after I started listening to the podcast. And Barbara Bird makes a lot of sense to me. Barbara Bird makes a lot of sense to me, too, (laughs) in case you didn't notice. (laughs) So here's her big question is, what do you use for double coated breeds as far as your tools? What are your favorite tools? And I'm going to start out by saying my favorite tools are the products because I really think that they aid us so much in dealing with double coats, especially like the newer shampoos through a recirculating bathing system where you're taking the silicones and depositing it entirely through the coat. That's my like biggest favorite most tool to use for double coats. Liquid tools. Liquid tools. I like wider space tools. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have a fine comb that you use for certain things like taking boogies out of the eye. But for small double-coated dogs, I've always liked the Chris Christensen extra coarse to medium comb. And that extra coarse side is more widely spaced. And, And for... Larger dogs, like bearded collies, bearded collies are a bitch because they generate a lot of undercoat that has a tendency to get caught up. So I like the big, wide-tooth, wooden poodle combs. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that extra-wide, medium Chris Christensen comb. I've been using it for probably 15 years, and it's my go-to, especially with double coats. You're so right. Good for poodle coats, too, because you it's good for, like, uh, fluffing up the coat as you scissor. 
Oh, I have my standard poodle. I'll think about that while I'm fluffing her hair. My other favorite wider space type of tool that I use for the double coats, and often I do this when it's in the bathtub, is the Pinello comb brush thing. Me too. And and the thing about success with the Pinello comb is you need to what we call line brush or layer brush. You want to lift the hair up and then comb what's underneath first so that you're not just dragging the tool through the length of the leg. You want to start at the foot and work up and then you're combing into already combed hair. Instead of starting at the hip, and combing into uncombed hair. There's some good illustrations. People have handouts for that. Also some YouTube videos on how to really do that. But they do not hold a candle to Barbara pushing up the pretend hair while we're recording this and brushing it down. <laughs> I wish you could see it. It's so much fun. I love what we do, Barbara. So <laughs> I, I use the Pinella comb when I'm doing, like, for instance, she has border collies, this nice lady. I do a lot of golden retrievers. I did five golden retrievers last week. I don't know how I didn't fire all those golden retrievers when my shoulder went to crap, but I did fire all the doodles. So I got a lot of, a lot of those golden retrievers still. When I'm working on the pants, the breeches area, and they're in the bath, and I'm in the conditioning stage, I will do exactly what you said. I'll layer brush with my Pinella comb a little bit just to kind of see if anything wants to let go. And then rinse everything out, use my Best Shot, the Max, and do a final rinse so that I'm really getting that silicone everywhere. And then my second favorite tool is air. I love water and I love air. And I use the air to get a lot of that out. Easier too. Yesterday, we groomed an 18-year-old Australian Shepherd that can't or won't stand up in the tub. I hate that. <laughs> A 50-pound dog that lays down in the tub and you, she can't get traction on her back legs, that's like 150 pounds. Yes. Trying to stand her up. And Yvonne couldn't get her, so finally... I took my very widest flank strap and shoved it underneath and then created a sling and then we pulled her up and Yvonne pulled up the shoulders and I pulled up the rear end that way and then we had her up. But we had to get creative to successfully groom that dog and we did and, you know, it wasn't perfect but was pretty good job. And I charged the lady only $85 because that's what Dave charged her when she was in the first time. That woman didn't tip. That woman didn't tip. But you know, we talk, I talked to her, we talked about how we loved her dog. The dog was so affectionate and the dog had the most warm eye contact oh. as we were working with her. And I was petting her while Yvonne was grooming her. And I was talking to her and she was just looking in my eyes and just 
just warm and friendly. And I passed that on and she still didn't talk. God, God, lady, if I knew that, I would have charged you a hundred bucks. You can't expect them to tip. You've got to charge what you really want to get and forget the tip. And then they can tip or not tip. But I kind of thought she would. Well, I'm pretty excited because I'm just days away from my price raise of every year on September 1st. So I'm about to get a raise. Woo! Good for you. Uh, I kind of raise here and there as I go along. Right. So what else might you suggest for getting the double-coated breeds out? Do you, do you use a pin brush? I use a pin brush, and I like to use the human plastic pin brush. Oh, I use less metal in my coats and more coated, silicone coated tools and uh, other tools. And I just think I don't use metal tools for my hair. Why should I use metal tools for a 16 year old Australian terrier? My experience with the plastic brushes, human brushes, is that they take out a lot of undercoat. And of course, rakes and that kind of thing are okay. I think, but again, your liquids are going to make a difference. So that, well, when I am drying a dog and combing it out, I will spray it. Repeatedly. Yeah, repeatedly. I missed it. I, I like to use Best Shot sprays while I comb out my double-coated dogs. And it's not that I get the coat wet and have to dry it again, but I get the aid, the assistance. I'm not against pin brushes, and I certainly like pin brushes better than slicker brushes because the pins are not so tiny that they scrape and gouge the hair cuticle. That's the problem with slicker brushes is that they're too tiny and the tines are too tiny. They can actually chip the hair cuticles, especially if you use them over and over again. So the pin brushes are a step up. They're much better, but I I prefer the Chris Christensen wooden brush. That's the one. one. That's the one I was going to mention because I use that a lot. Okay, well, we mentioned it for you. Good. (laughs) I've also decided that since the slickers do so much damage that I've got a puppy brush that's like maybe an inch square with a coated bristles. of uh, It's a slicker, but it's just tiny. When I have to get a mat out, I grab that teeny tiny brush and I work on it so that I'm not wrecking the whole area with a big gigantic slicker. See, you've even changed me on all that. And that's that's amazing for someone to be able to change Susie Scott is that makes me one powerful bitch. I thought I was going to die with the Lay Pooch flexible brush in my hand. I haven't picked that thing up for months. Months, Barbara. <laughs> you should feel proud. I am. I'm so proud of myself. Cool. Okay, well, since I so often use this as my own personal classroom, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back with Susie's question for Barbara's classroom. (laughs) Hang tight, everybody. 
Did you know that Stasco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there's the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray, dematting, anti-static conditioning, and finishing all in one, just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Ready, groomers? Here comes our first appointment. The poor people where I got kind of the tummy ache yesterday and it was 4.30 in the afternoon when I got to their house and it was stinking hot. They are such nice people, they're on the water. So I had a good view, at least I had a view. It's always good to have a groom with a view. Uh, they have a Havanese named Jack Sparrow. And two years ago, the lady fell down the hatch on the boat and she hurt, broke her back. Really bad. Oh yeah, had to be airlifted out of the, up in the islands uh, by helicopter out of the boat to get to the hospital to get things somewhat put back together. And she rides around in a motorized wheelchair some of the time and sometimes she uses a walker so she's able to stand up now finally two years later. Lots of effort on their part. But she is really particular about how she likes her dogs groomed. But I really like them. So I generally fade away from people who are too particular because that's not my area of expertise. But her first dog was a behavior dog. So that's how I got in the door at her house. Now, this new dog I got as a puppy. He's delightful. Really fun to groom. I love spending time with him. But they are, I suspect, mega rich, big time rich, like big, big rich, because they have multiple houses and their children have multiple houses. And I groom their children's dogs and I groom their dogs, their adult children. And um, they have a house in California. They have another one in Idaho. They've got one in the San Juans. So they oftentimes have to reschedule their grooming appointments. They're usually on a four-week schedule. Sometimes we end up going a little long. This was nine weeks, nine weeks. <laughs> To her credit, she does a really good job of trying to maintain this soft cottony coat that if you look at it wrong, it kind of tangles up. She does a good job, but that's a long time for someone who's in constant pain to try and maintain a dog that's done in like the green comb. I do him in the green comb. So he's kind of long, not horribly long, but when you go nine weeks, that is a long time. Well, I'm just frowning because I... I don't picture the green comb. I don't have a green comb. Oh, the wall stainless steel green snap-on comb is a big one. But I don't have green. Oh, you don't? Do you have the light blue? That's the biggest one? I have light blue. Yeah, it goes light blue, green, lavender, orange, or yellow, orange, and then the little ones that I don't use, like the red, the blue, and the purple. Wow. You don't have all those? I don't think I have green. I'll just have to look. Oh, it's one of my most commonly used ones. I use it quite a bit. Anyway. I 
That's pretty big, huh? It's pretty big. Yeah, it's pretty big for me. I like to do more the yellow comb. The yellow comb is my go-to. That's where I do my maintenance dogs. And if you do the yellow, the dog probably could have gone the nine weeks without any problem. Because we do the green. And she likes long ears. And she likes long tail. And don't shave the bottom. And don't show the penis. And don't cut the eyelashes. Right, not my normal gig. But I really like them. That's how much you can tell I like them. And I love this dog. What kind of a dog is this again? Havanese. Eyelashes on the Havanese. Oh, it's a nightmare. I lost them two grooms ago. I took one, he turned and I took one side off. So they're down. They're pretty short underneath the fringe. She left me the big note. Tail, ears, butt, penis, eyelashes, everything else you can have at it on a dog that hadn't been seen for nine weeks. Not one tangle in the ears or the tail. Not one. The body was fine. Like there was a, only a little bit of matting right behind the, the arm where the movement is that catches sometimes. But for the most part, the body was fine. Where I came to the problems was the knee, the front of the foot in back, and the legs in front, just both inside and out. He has pretty good structure, but it's not great structure. And he's very tight in the shoulders. So he doesn't like it if you try to pull his arm out. And So I don't think she has a really great place at all of the houses to groom the dog. At some of the houses, she has grooming stations. But at other ones, like down in California, they just bought that house. I don't think they've done any modification there. I know she doesn't want the dog short. So I'm not even going to go there. I'm going to work through these mats, even if it took me three hours to get the dog done. They do reward me well. with They pay me well. Like, I don't charge enough. If I'm out there working a little long, they will really beef up the tip. And I appreciate that. Always cash. Nice people. And so I looked at the dog and I said, yeah, I got to keep it. I decided at that point to cut out some of the matting that was little. You know how you get those halfway up tangles up the shaft of the hair and it's not really but it's a little caught with the hairs next to it well I took some of that out so there were a few places that looked a little uneven right down the Achilles tendon down the back where it attaches to the top of the hawk and there's that hollow there that was a real mess and so before I even put the dog in the bath I went through that with my really sharp very small scissors, and I sliced it the direction of the leg just to kind of break it up a little bit. I also did that on the front legs in any place where it was really tight, right around the back of the that weird pad that's up in the air back there. I, I had to go around that because she couldn't get that brushed. And uh, But I did decide to keep everything. Then I washed it, and when I dried it, I was able to see all the spots. So then... I went in again with my scissors and I broke some of those really difficult spots up. Would you have done anything before the bath on that other than what I did? Like the gel or something? I would have grabbed the gel and worked on some of those. Um, I have done a lot of slicing. And I have on hand those letter opener type razor blade slicers. I like to use very sharp tool to do that so that I'm not creating a frayed surface in the middle of the coat there where I've, I'm really careful about that and probably do less of that kind of dematting than I used to. 
because I've seen too many SEM pictures a thousand times of those broken hairs in the middle of a mat. So what causes the mat? What what actually like creates a mat? Is it foreign body? Is it hair damage? Is it all of the above? It can be all of the above. So foreign body, yes, it can be like a sticker, especially the kind of like little tiny grass seed burr stickers or foxgrass stickers that don't that go only one way forward and don't come they have no reverse gear right and i'm going to say that removing stickers is one place where i go in with a slicker brush coated tip slicker brush because the fine tines are good at picking out stickers so i probably would have done some some work around those areas and it probably would have been especially because you can work with a gel and then bathe and it's not going to have any residue in the in the coat and you can even work with the gel after the bathe and if it's a good gel it's not going to get too greasy or be too obvious you know and sometimes it's a trade-off going to trade off maybe that perfect look of for being able to separate some hair. But I do, I work with my fingers first and I try to kind of stretch the mat in all different directions and see. Ladies and gentlemen, she's stretching the mat with her hands in front of the camera for the audio podcast. (laughs) I love it. Makes me laugh. I can't talk without my hands. I, I just, you know, like, come I get on. it. I get it. I never learned to like hold my hands in my lap and keep them still. No, I've always been, I, I guess it's the Italian in me. I've got some kind of like 17% or something, and it went right to my hand. <laughs> okay, okay so you take the gel and you kind of. So you did. So I worked the gel in and I, you know, and gel works best when you actually kind of gently rub it into the mat. Um, And so that it gets into the center of of the problem there. And then you try to separate it out with your fingers, a tooth comb a comb that i use a lot for dematting finer hair like havanese hair is my half moon comb the wider side of the half moon cone it's got such fine tines it really can get in fine coat mat pretty good i love that comb so would the added gel be an extra layer of protection to get in there with the slicker if you've got, for us, nobody waters their lawn. So we have lots of very long dry grass that then gets tangled in there. I find that constantly. As a matter of fact, this dog had a lot. So I should have probably used a little of the gel when I went in, even with the coated slicker, just to be, because I know I'm going to leave hair on the dog. 
So, yes. okay, that makes sense. And then I just kind of worked through and I used your very famous, not patented, but should be, tap and tug kind of a method to tease out the pieces and bits of grass and stickers and all of that stuff and get the mat so it was more open. And then from the outside in, just kind of worked my way through uh, and was able to demat this entire dog, which I thought was pretty freaking sometimes cool. Sometimes you can get all the way into the core of the mat and there you have a little mini mat. Yes. Mini, mini. It's a seed. The the seed, I mean, it's something, often it's like the size of a pumpkin seed. Or this smaller, or it's there. one of those stupid pieces of grass. It's a stupid piece of grass, or it's a little bit of with a double-coated dog. Sometimes they they shed some undercoat, and it gets caught. Oh, that and happens a lot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, so there again, a little bit of gel, and you can kind of just, I use my thumbnails and just kind of, draw it out. There I am sliding my thumb and finger down the hair of the dog in the uh, in the camera for the audio podcast. Sometimes then you get that little teeny tiny knot at the end and then I went in and snipped those off. I did do some of that. Yeah, yeah. If it's right at the end of the hair, I'll do that on my own hair too. If it's right at the end, I snip it off. Yeah. But um I've gotten real good at separating hair. See, look at me separating my own hair. Yeah. That's almost all of my self-grooming of my hair with my fingers. Well, I did a I did most of mine yesterday on this dog with fingers, scissors, uh, and my teeny tiny itsy bitsy puppy coated pin brush from Safari. I think it's from Safari. I get it at Cascade Grooming Supply. I replace them pretty regularly. You know what I just figured out? Yeah, mine from AliExpress for like five bucks. Mine was about five bucks. It was pretty cheap. But I just realized those really cool magnifying glass that I got that off of Amazon that I told yeah. you guys about last week. I am so in love with doing nail trims and being able to see the quick, just, I mean, in with a clarity that I've never had. Dogs that were nervous for nails, after I do the first nail or two, they totally relax because I'm so able to just miss the quick. I can, I it's the coolest thing ever, but I realize I'm going to put in like the 40 magnification or the 50 magnification and look at all my brushes and combs and see what I see and see how they're holding up. I replace them pretty regularly, but I got some coated combs that were pretty pink and purple ones. And I'm wondering how those are holding up. So I'm going to take those really cool glasses out and check it out. I want the report. I looked at those glasses and almost went for it, but I've got other priorities right now. I just put the brakes on the spending on that. Good plan. But sounds like fun. And I've always been a fan of magnification. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm, I'm on board now. 
it's a little annoying to have to grab the bag out and put the glasses together and put them on. But the amount of time I'm saving with not stressing the dogs out so they're not pulling their legs away, that makes up all the time that it takes me to get it out of the bag and put it on and then put it away so that it stays in its pristine shape. I got a new nail grinder from China that has LED light that you can turn on. Nice. Two sources of it. And it has a reading where it tells you how much power you have. And it has three powers. Nice. And it's white. So, you know, like black tools just disappear. <laughs> and it's white and it can recharge it, recharge it on your computer. I'm liking it so far. I mean, it's not a big dog tool. It's a small dog tool for sure, but I've got a secret to tell. Just a little secret. Not sure oh, what okay. I'm going to do with this secret, but my nail cap, my petty paws nail cap that I love and worship and am so grateful to have. Well, one of the other groomers who happens to have one had it 3D scanned for a 3D printer. And she gave me the file. So I now have the file to 3D print the caps for the Dremels that they used to have that they don't have anymore that protects you from hair and catches all the, the toenail stuff. And I'm so excited that I'm having one 3D printed as a test. And I'm not going to sell them. And she gave me the file for free. However, I know someone who's looking to do some innovation in the grooming industry, and that particular person was looking for some ways to add to the inventory that he's working on, and I think that I might see if he would be willing with his 3D printers to produce some of these nail caps for us, because they really are pretty freaking cool, and I could stop living in fear that I'm going to drop mine and break it. I've had it probably 20 years. I know you have. I love it. I can't do it without it. I have anxiety when I go down to the fluffy foot with the Dremel, even with those uh, metal diamond bits. The diamond bits really didn't work very well for me, I have to admit. Let's move on. One more set of ads and we will do our Beebird's Classroom segment. Chris Bear Anthony here, visiting the Groom Pod. So if you know me, you know how much I love my Evolution shears. They are the only shears I actually use. So check out all the options, including customizable non-swivels, at evolutionshears.com and give Abby a shout with any questions you might have. GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. So check them out today. Your hands will thank you. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show Season True Tearless Shampoo and Hypo Conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance-free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True Tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo Conditioner is a great option as well. And it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Bird's Classroom. 
All right, we started to talk a little bit about PEG ingredients, but let's do a bird's eye view on the PEGs. Yeah, we could if I could get my notes. Let's see what I do with. <laughs> well, well, folks, we have lost Barbara's notes this week on PEG, so we're going to just push this off until next week because she's going to recreate them. But I wanted to mention thank you to everyone who voted for us for the honors ballot, and I don't know whether we're going to win or not, but I think it's very interesting that our competition is the Traveling Groomers, who have also an hour-long podcast, so they do every other week, but it's an edited full-length podcast. Then we've got Helen Schaefer, who we love, who talks for about 10 minutes, usually in her car or sitting at her house, you know, unedited. She probably prepares a little bit because that's who she is. And then a guy who has a few Instagram posts. Oh. I don't know how they picked the other people in our category. They missed creating great grooming dogs. They missed women petpreneurs. They missed spilling the tea. They missed all of these other podcasts that are out there. Shit on the table. Uh, groomer humor. All of these. They didn't even acknowledge any of the vast amount of podcasts that are in our category. And instead, they put us up with Helen Schaefer's video log and one Instagrammer. And I desperately looked for the Instagrammer's podcast because I figured it was, but it's not. It's just an Instagram account. So I don't know. Maybe I missed some more of this these people's stuff. Maybe there is more out there, but I couldn't find it. Vote for a real podcast. Vote for the group pod. Well, not only that, but let's see if we can't get podcasts to be a separate group from the rest of them. I know that there's more of us now than there are the other uh, types. So let's just, I just wish that everybody was included because I love all the podcasts out there, all of the grooming podcasts. Every one of them has something to add to our knowledge base. And I think it's just a bummer that they're missing so many of them that they should get nominated and they're not. Anyway, I digress. You're so gracious as the first no. real caster you know, uh, which you created the groom pod, but I am totally loyal to the groom pod. Well, of course. <laughs> There's nothing like it. It's our baby. Because it's me. That's right. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for being here, everybody. We really appreciate well, who it. Who else loses their notes right in the middle of the podcast? And I still has a following of like... 1,500 downloads every week. You know, <laughs> we're pretty good. Thank you for your patience with me in my 83 years. And for your loyalty. Well, why don't you guys meet us here next episode and we'll do this whole thing over again and we'll do the PEGs and we'll have some fun and we'll maybe ramble less or maybe we won't. You just never know. Anyway, happy grooming, guys. See you next time on the Groom Pod. Bye-bye now. Kidoki. Take care of yourselves because we love you.